What's good, Internet? Welcome to session 136 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. We are an NPR of Illinois affiliate. I am your host and occult specialist, Alex Arona, who awakened two demons in order to rule the podcast world. The first I have summoned is Master of Shadows, Joel DeWitt. Thanks, Alex. After all these years trapped, it's great to be able to scare the daylights out of our listeners. We need to get more listeners, not scare them away. Hmm. The other demon I have summoned is the fire spirit, Eric Getty Gettinger, with big fluff cloud familiar. Time to burn this podcast to the ground. Malevolent fires consume. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe. It wasn't a good idea to have you both possessed. Also that, you, you know, this is an audio podcast, but seeing Getty with a giant fluff cloud, it's out of control. I'm never going to be able to explain my way out of this one. This week, we get our detective hats on during Early Adopters, talk some DC game trailers in the news, remaster our backlog, plus bonus interview with Charles Martinet, voice of Mario. So if you want to stay tuned uh, roughly after our backlog vlog, there'll be me talking to Charles Martinet. But first, Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games it seems like Getty picks to see if we can pronounce them. First game, Project mm-hmm. Cat, Paper Lily Prologue. Oh, I wanted you to pronounce the other one. Oh, uh, Hypnagogia. Hypnagogia. That's that probably actually a good with? guess. Um, yeah. Hypnagogia. Okay. I, I'm, let's let's well, start with Project Cat. Let's start with the easier one, Project Cat. Uh, it looks like it was made kind of an RPG maker, uh, top-down... Uh, pixel art character uh, seems like a, a girl who wants to be in the occult is 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 trying to explore that land. Not sure if it's real. Uh, has a little bit of a storied history with her family, and somehow gets taken to a demonic dimension. I don't think she somehow gets taken. So well, it's not one of somehow, the reasons. Yeah. One of the reasons I picked this one is because again, it's the month of October, so spooky games are coming out in spades. And uh, I don't think that we've played too many games like this where your your character is knowingly going to try and summon or or perform an occult ritual. Usually it's somebody haphazardly falls into it. That's a good point. You know, I, I feel like you are thinking outside the box. What I also like is the level of uh, once you get to the demonic... Because <clears throat> you do... You do uh, perform the ritual and end up in a demonic kind of confusing puzzle dimension. And uh, it kind of reminds me with, of Undertale, the level of how kind of how it messes with you and your perspective. I mean, it's a top down. You're still walking around, but uh, there are times you ha- you go down the same hallway in a loop and then something slightly changes or your character even stops and goes, wasn't I just here? And you have to keep kind of going and doing different things to uh, get to the next spot in the story. Joel, did you ever did, did you ever find uh, find uh, where you needed to go to get to the demonic dimension? Get the scissors. Did you get the scissors? Did you find the scissors? So I'm an idiot. Um, I, th- I think that's well established <laughs> here now. The uh, no, I got stuck right there. <laughs> wow. I I don't know what it is I missed because. I mean, this is one of those games, at least where I'm at, where it's all about interacting the environment to find the tool that'll open up the thing that you need to open to get the other thing that lets you progress. And I uh, I was in the room with the girls playing with the Ouija, Ouija board. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Ouija? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ouija. All right. And... Uh, you know, I found boxes that said, oh, there's probably something inside here, but I need something to cut it open. And uh, I could not find it. I saw that there was something flashing inside one of the girl's bags, but I didn't know how to trigger being able to open that without her snooping and saying, hey, why are you snooping in my bag? Uh, question, what all did we draw on the chalkboard? I think I did a self-portrait. Yeah. What'd you do? Butts. <laughs> Wait, what did, oh you did butts yeah very funny uh, oh. butts are always funny I, wow. had go, I had to go to the amateur route and the funniest thing is that once you get done doing it and and you look at it again she says something like that was the biggest waste of my time 
<laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Uh, now, Getty, what? There is an end to this kind of prologue because uh, there are things you can do. I don't want to kind of go too deep into spoilers, but <clears throat> the way that you interact, you end up getting trapped by a demon to a certain extent uh, via exploring this demonic school and kind of going in circles down different random paths that just kind of appear in front of you. And that's kind of why it messes with you is that they they don't appear in front of you mystically it's they're off screen and as soon as you move the you know move your character slightly to the right all of a sudden there's something new there you can move left and then right and all of a sudden it's different so that's kind of like very cool but getty what kind of ending did you get i do want to just uh well i saw that there are a couple of different endings uh the one that i got i was not nice uh i approached the exit and there were just corpses of all of the girls that were previously playing with the Ouija board. Wow. Yeah. So I guess that there's a couple of different options where you can get the hair from. And I think that that might play into what, uh, what the ending is, but are, are you going to take this somewhere, Alex, or can I jump back to some of the jump scares? No, tell me about the jump scares. I just wanted to say, I just just wanted to say that I talked to the demon and uh, I kind of told the demon to F off. And then I just, died like it left me there forever oh yeah well, I... trapped me in a, in a cell and then just kind of it just said you remain there for the remainder of your life i guess i went home but at the cost of those poor girls lives so oh okay fill in some blanks for me here does i as you now know i made it to the beginning and nowhere else <laughs> so give me some story beats about what happens next or what you do Sure. So the story is that you're trying to perform an occult ritual. So you go from room to room. Uh, some of the nice atmospheric things are that you have to close all of the windows in the room, rearrange the desks, and at one point you, you put candles out uh, and light them. So good lighting effects, uh, some good jump scares. When you travel up and down the hallway, you can encounter some pretty weird stuff. Windows cracking. Um, I Things found... just kind of off camera, just slightly appearing for like a second. Yeah, and uh, there was uh, a chalkboard in, like, the stage prop room that had uh, some morbid pictures drawn on them. So stuff that you wouldn't expect to see, but still really brings brings the horror to the game. Uh, once you successfully perform the ritual, you're transported to this other dimension. Not really sure how it all happened. She... She does everything that she's supposed to, but it kind of like hints at, like, was this a good decision? Mm-hmm. No, based on both of the endings <laughs> that we got. Yep. Uh, yep. But once you're there, that's when it really starts to get uh, crazy because doors are locked, magically unlocked. Uh, you have to. One of the things that we didn't touch on is that you can get a hairpin so that you can unlock doors. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Proves to be a little bit difficult. At least I had trouble with it on one occasion. Yeah, same here. And it almost like broke, <laughs> almost broke the hairpin. I don't oh, know I what happens. If, what happens if you break it? Nothing. You just don't have that capability anymore to unlock doors. Hmm. Oh, well, maybe that that played into how I got my ending. I don't know. Hmm. Either way, uh, yeah, I guess once you're there, it's up to you to find a way out, and that's where the multiple endings come in. Okay, so these these are Terrifying. endings specific to this demo. Well, so, yeah, and, and, you... and so and and so once you get to uh, a, a place where I was in a demonic school, and I was speaking telepathically to a demon who was kind of tormenting me and kind of talking about like like threw me into the past where I saw memory of uh, either her father passed away or left, and it was just her and her mother. And it just kind of gave a little bit of history that the the demon was tormenting you, and you can kind of go have a back and forth and choose what you say to the demon, and that results in, again, a you know probably different endings and different stuff like that because the demon just wants to kind of see you suffer and make you realize that this was a mistake. I wonder how that plays out in the actual game since it's just a a demo. Do you think it's just like? There, I don't know if it'd be branching past, but it almost makes you wonder if like it's supposed to be a dream sequence that she wakes up from. When you finish the demo, it tells you that this is just like a snippet of a larger game. 
It's mm-hmm. one of the stories that you'll encounter during the course of that game, possibly, depending on if they keep it or if they, they use it as like a segue into the, the bigger picture. But I don't necessarily play too many of these games. I don't think any of us do, but it was uh, actually pretty enjoyable. The puzzle game elements, it wasn't terribly difficult, but at the same time, uh, I can see why Joel kind of fell off. I think that if you don't do it in a certain series of... Uh, like events, then you might have a difficult time finding something. There is like a little bit of a, like there are, there are at least two ways to solve certain puzzles and like the, be able to cut something open. There's probably other ways to do so. Um, I know like Getty said that you could chop the girl's hair off, but he didn't. I definitely did. And she was pissed and it kind of said like, well, they're not talking to you ever again. <laughs> So it kind of like, like, I hope that you did everything you needed to do with them. And I was like, well, that probably means that there was possibly other puzzle mechanics with them mm-hmm. that I'm now locked out of. And that's fine. It's just that that's what, that's just a mechanic of the game, you know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what makes a good adventure game. Uh, time loops. Okay. Ratchet and Clank. Will, uh, Will, Willem Dafoe. No, um, bye. Uh, being able to stab yourself in the stomach. Bye. And, uh, and incest. I feel like this is a theme. <laughs> so 12 minutes later, where are we at? We're at uh, uh, Project Cat. Project Cat. It was great. Uh, I kind of I want to see where this goes. One thought for me is that what if this was like, what if the game is something completely different and this is like you maybe like meet Cat later or that character later? Or maybe that's how they became a villain? There's a lot know, to like, think about here, so I'm I'm excited to see where that one goes. Um, but uh, I am not hyped on that 12 minutes reference, but I am hyped on Hypnagoja. Now I want to I want to I want to break this down real quick for uh, Joel. <laughs> I told you earlier, but uh, we at Super GG Radio, we I go through a lot of alphas and betas. Getty goes through a lot of alphas and betas. We go we we sift we sift. I through. normally just take the dartboard method and you take the dartboard method i go through sifting whatever sticks i find the gold man i pay i pan for gold but (laughs) in the in peek behind the curtain there are a lot of indie ps1 style games they use the same graphical fidelity and the same kind of like artwork and and blocky structure and those those character models you know i've seen so many silent hill variations nightmare creatures and you know resident evil resident evil one and two style graphics and it's 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 almost become like its own like little genre games like petscop and other stuff like that have those kinds of graphics but in this case hypnogoja is one that that does that style of gameplay ps1 level graphics but it really, really goes psychedelic with it. You are a rabbit that is that. Oh, Getty, I mean, tell me about this rabbit. Are, are you a rabbit? I don't or think do you that just you're see the a rabbit. rabbit. Well, yeah, you're hopping around and talking to a another rabbit. I only assume that. You're, well, you're were, not a rabbit. were you just repeatedly hitting the jump button the whole time? You yes. You talk to this rabbit who's like the guardian of this world. So. Uh, first person perspective it's another puzzle game and this one you have to find all of the the fragments or shards or whatever it is to reassemble the crystal so that the guardian can take over again and it takes you to several different worlds which i don't know about you guys but i had a lot of fun with the space-esque world Yes, the the end of time. <laughs> You're floating in space, talking to alien beings, and just kind of uh, going through these tunnels to unlock new doors to explore further until you end up floating through the void. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's a little bit first person, floaty platforming uh, puzzles and exploration. Even the first level, you are in a mining colony. And it looks a little bit like a, like a Donkey Kong Country style yeah. like world, Don- you know, three D for sure. Yeah, Banjo Kazooie. It, it looks like this is straight out of Banjo Kazooie, where it's a guy and he's like, "Hey, we're all mining here. We're mining these gems, and you find the crystal, and you have to like trick the, 
the head of all the miners to let you go and get it for him. Find, find a seer to then create platforms for you to go and jump, and the seers are just like, "Hey, don't don't let the fucking guy take the shard." You, you yeah, we don't like shard. him. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do it, but only if you're doing it for yourself and not for him. Like, yeah, all right, I can I can do that. <laughs> I can, I can definitely do it. Yeah, so, uh, it's very cool, and again, it goes very psychedelic with it, especially in that space floating space station level. You're very uh, it's very hard to like see straight. You don't know up is down, left is right. You're just kind of straight floating through these uh, turbines and doors and spinning in kind of circles. It's very easy to get turned around. I definitely got lost a little bit. Yeah, it's the, my first go around because I so I first played this on my laptop and, and there's a sequence in that sort of end of time area where you have to go down a long hallway and there are these hoops that are floating around one mm. by one you have to go through and it has this weird like old tv fuzz slash like uh vaporwave kind of looking stuff fuzz and that you're sort of like winnowing towards and i thought at first like Maybe this is my laptop. You know, it's an old thing that can't run stuff. I put it on my actual uh, PC. Nope, that's what they went with. <laughs> I I love that part. I was yes. actually like at the end. It's do you want to fill out a survey? And I was like yes. And while it's that PlayStation One graphical sense, it still had like this depth and craziness that they did when you're trying to navigate that area. I absolutely loved it. and the jetpack. The jetpack. Too often, like mechanics like that will will do too much or it'll feel cumbersome but it actually felt pretty natural and i didn't feel like i was overshooting anything at any given point so i also kind of yeah. like the aliens the alien talking to aliens you know you walk up to like a weird alien he's like what the hell are you doing here this is my room yeah hey, everyone's just coming into my room left and right oh oh the big guy is watching me we can't stay here too long yeah and then they disappear vanish and then you uh, see a giant big space eye. Yeah, it, it's somewhere between a mix of like the Eye of Sauron and a Cthulhu-looking monster kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so the the last area you go into is this circular room where basically all of these kind of creatures, kind of pyramid head type creatures, are bowing down, worshiping it. And you show up, and then he says. He, he goes through, like, a bunch of different uh, dialogues about, like, the end of space and time and, and how, like, you know, sort of, like, prophesizing type stuff. And then he asks you if you want to see, like, visions of things, right? Mm -hmm. And so he'll ask you, like, what do you want to see? And it's like, I can choose chaos or I can choose despair or I can choose cuteness. <laughs> <laughs> and the cuteness is, like, a fox. And he's just talking about this fox for a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you, you didn't choose those options at all, or? I don't think, well, he said, do you want knowledge, or do you want to move forward? And I said, move forward. Yeah. Okay. All I right. did the same. Okay. Womp, so I, I, I felt like doing all of it, so I chose, like, the visions, and then or the knowledge, and then I, th I think you can mention something about the crystal, and then, like you said, then you move forward, and then he just tosses you into the void, into, like, a black hole underneath him. It's, it's a very cool effect. And again, this throwback to PlayStation 1 is just a lot of fun. Uh, like you were saying, you kind of wait, are waiting for the throwback to PS2, PS3 days. <laughs> I, I am rebuilding my uh, video game history via indie games right now. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually kind of fun like seeing this generation of creators sort of like building up from the 2D stuff and... and moving to 3d and sort of using that kind of style and template but also making it kind of quasi modernized uh so that's it's nice i'm enjoying this sounds like somebody read my review for ender lilies <laughs> <laughs> well uh let's solve uh the mystery of my missing kingpin toy wait no get it that's your king you lo you lost it what does he look like, Alex? He's bald. His head's way too small for his body. The one that looks like Michael Chiklis. Ah, that one. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. We'll be right back.
hey news, another week, and another salad recipe. You guys gotta try the one I have where it's blue cheese, sweet potatoes, and grapes. No. That fake ass Waldorf salad recipe. Yep. It's amazing. It he is amazing. He has been peddling it for months now. Getty, come over. I'll make it for you. We I, went. I like. We went to lunch or no? It was dinner on Monday night, and I got a salad. And Alex is like, I know a good salad recipe. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is this netting for a, a salad recipe? Dude, Getty, come over. Salad. I'll make you some salad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, news. Uh, we got some news this week. Uh, first piece of news. Uh, two games that we have talked about on this podcast are uh, starting to appear. Uh, Swarm the City, now in early access. Ooh. Also, Healing Spree uh, 1.0. So Healing Spree is now out and available. We'll probably play it on Extra Life. And Swarm the City, now into early access. Perhaps we'll do a we'll talk to them about a beta breakdown. Yeah, that was a solid game. It was. Next, God of War coming to Steam January 14th. That's a big surprise. Uh, they have been slowly trickling out those PlayStation Sony exclusives to PC. We've all played God of War here, right? Nope. Yes. No. I have not played it. Hmm. I own Although, it. Yeah, I was going to say, what, we all have What's wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Getty, I have so many games that I have not beaten. It is such oh. a good game, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, and I also hear that about Horizon Zero Dawn. That, what, what, I also is that like supposed that to one. be a, like a backhanded comment about Horizon? Yeah. What no, it's absolutely it? not a backhanded compl- uh, compliment about Horizon. It's more the fact of that, yes, I know there are amazing games. No, I have not played them all. Well, you played the other God of War games, right? One and two. One and two? Okay. Three is also really good, but you should make the time to at least try it. You might feel like it's a little bit slow going because you have to work for it, but it's it is worth it. Oh, I, I love the heft Kratos has in his attacks. In that he's game. a he's like a beefy he, boy. Everything is so arcadey, at least in the first two. I'm, I'm like Arona. I only played two of them. But uh, there's such a weight he has to swing that axe around. It is really, really satisfying feeling. What a tease. Oh, I'm excited. You guys played the games that are leading up to him fighting the gods of Olympus and then <laughs> didn't do... Like, there's nothing more satisfying than the god fights in the third game. So th- there was a period of time I kind of had a gap in my gaming kind of like Arona did it was sometime between like the end of ps3 and the start of ps4 uh and i think god of war 3 sort of landed in that right yeah yeah i mean they i'm pretty sure i have it on playstation plus Plus. yeah Yeah. they gave it away yeah so it's there it's just you know it's always time time is my biggest bandwidth problem yeah and i've been in the i've been in the bad mood where i've like uh, everything kind of sucks so i gotta get back into it i'm starting to push (laughs) forward though it's because Joel is crushing you on the beat list. I don't count that Kingdom Hearts one. That's taking that off. Oh come on! <laughs> I saw I saw credits. No, saw Joel. Credits. Joel actually like in person at dinner is like, you see Joel put that Kingdom Hearts bullshit on there. I brought up the fact that you had finished Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. I think that Alex was the one who was like, "That's some bullshit." I absolutely did not because I don't know about that. He's like, you didn't even do the Riku part. I'm like, I don't know what that means. That's fine, Getty. I did say that. (laughs) Okay. uh, Next piece of news. GTA Trilogy releasing November 11th. Physical copies in December 6th. Uh, Actually, I was told, uh, Joel, that it's not just San Andreas. It's all three are going to be on Xbox games. Oh, it is confirmed all three. I believe so. Hmm. I believe so. More games that you guys aren't going to play, right? I... I I got like, I want to say I got like halfway through the uh, GTA 3. I, I've got a good couple hours of causing mayhem and then putting it down. Just No, like, I actually one day tried to sit down and was like, I'm going to play this game and actually do the story. And then again, I got like halfway and then I had a problem where I was like, this is, I couldn't figure out how to the, do the next step. So. Your, your problem was this is not fun? No, I liked it. It just, I, I got st- I got to a point that again there was I couldn't figure out the next like the push through and how to complete a uh, mission, mm-hmm. and it was like a one of those missions where you had to travel an extra like twenty minutes across the city to get to the next point, and it's like well, 
And every time I like died, start again, another 20 minutes, get into that next spot. Okay. Maybe they'll add better auto save on these Mm -hmm. ones. That'd be good. Next, uh, last piece of news, Uncharted trailer. Uh, Did you guys take a look at that? Yes. Yes. It is looking half decent. I got to say, you know, when they recruited Tom Holland, I said, that is a boy, not a man. And then I watched that and I go, well, you know, when we first got news of him, what was it, like four years ago, three years ago? I could, he grew up some, you know, you could say that man grew up. He, but, he has a. He still has a baby face. Mark Wahlberg but, as Sully. I don't know how to feel about. Yeah, that. I don't either. I, you know, truth be told, if they just gave his hair a tad bit of a gray tint, that would help a little bit. You think if, if he just didn't dye his hair, he's also supposed to have a better. mustache. It yeah. would help. A it mustache. would help. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know the character solely well enough to know about his like mannerisms and language to see if that suits him well. Uh, I know Marky Mark well enough to know that I have low expectations for him as an actor. Yep. But at least in terms of like getting the look off better, I, I think there could be some minor changes that would help a bit. But overall, it looks decent. It looks like a decent action movie. They had a few set piece stuff from one of the games at least. That that airplane. Uh, palette three. thing. Yeah, I knew it was from one of them. But as long as they hit a lot of those and have just sort of a general, like, treasure hunting story, I think it will be a fun movie. It looks good. They mixed in a lot of of, the, of all three games. They mixed in, like, different pieces, like uh, some of the treasure from two, story about one from one, and then, you know, again, the the, the plane thing from three. There's It's kind of, like, all over the place, which is which is fine. It's just a little, it, it's, they took the best parts and that's good. And you know, there's Hopefully. always more to take from throw in the train scene from t- the beginning of two in, in part two. And I'm happy as a clam, you know? And weirdly the gameplay of resident evil two. I'm not sure where that came from. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I don't, I never thought uncharted was particularly deep. So put making a, a brainless action adventure, you know, treasure hunting story, like you said, is all Uncharted is. I it's, never, it doesn't have a deep story. You don't care about those characters in like a really like, man, they're so emotional. It's like, I, I cared about them. I mean, it's, it's video game Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. Yep. Which like, you like those characters, you get a uh, fondness for them, but you're right. It's not some like cerebral, you know, deep thinking movie or any, or game or anything. It's it's a fun ride with likable characters. Yeah. Exactly. So I think they did good. And uh, I'd be excited to watch it. Maybe talk about it on an episode. A special episode. He's gearing up for something. I don't like it. We did this we did you, the Mortal you, Kombat one. Are you writing checks that we can't cash? He Always. Is. We don't have time for extra episodes. <laughs> that Halloween episode that we did Getty was so pissed the entire time. Was I? Oh, that, that was some heavy lifting. Was I might have been. Was, you should staring at us the entire time. When uh, when is that dropping? Oh, hell if I know. I don't think it has a release date. <laughs> yet. I uh, we, we need to. I need to edit it, and then we need to pass off a uh, like terrible version of it to the network. Ah, the network. Put on their feed. They oh, you're then, talking about uh, the, pass our, our it by the sensors and make sure that we're yes. we're all above table and and make sure that uh, what I I don't know where's this going. We need to renew our uh, union contract and uh, mm. you know I, I think cards on the table. It's you know we need to talk about how many bonus episodes they want us to produce. Uh, I I think we should be getting compensated more fairly. But uh, <laughs> well, we'll need to talk to our leadership about. I mean, that. Alex is the one that gets compensated, so I get all the compensation. Wait, you get paid? He doesn't get paid, but he gets cool stuff. Who gets paid? He gets swag. I get yeah, swag. Okay. I have swag. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe swagger. But I don't know. Uh, Uncharted swag look, is. looking like it's coming out February of next year. Okay, I'll go see it with you. Yep, there we go. Freebies, freebies this week. Uh, 10 milligram sealed estate on itch.io color tone on indie gala among the sleep the enhanced edition epic game store and medieval shopkeeper simulator on steam i'm grabbing those last two among the sleep is like a weird it's it's almost like a 
little nightmares, but like creepier. Is that possible? It's pretty. It's pretty scary. All right. Uh, and medieval shopkeeper simulator just hits all the points for me on something that I would like a work like. I love those. <sighs> we we need to come up with better language than just blank like. Right. Not not specifically us, but the general us. <laughs> work <laughs> as void mania. Uh, what? That's, you somehow made it worse. Well, okay, hold on. Let's 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 workshop this in the break. We'll be right back. Ma- mania, ma- work mania. No. And we're back, back with the backlog blog where we play games. Good Lord, Getty, Alan Wake two times in two years. Yeah, how is it? Good. You played Alan Wake the remaster. I played the remaster. It came out like two-ish weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Does it feel like it's remastered enough? So they definitely remastered the uh, gameplay and not very much on the cutscenes, which I sincerely appreciate because there's really? definitely more that needed to be tightened up as far. Yeah, I, the cutscenes are whatever, but. Okay. The actual gameplay, it was nice to see it touched up a bit. It it looked nice. They removed all of the branding. so uh, No Duracell anymore? Uh, Energizer. No oh, Energizer. Energizer. Uh, in addition to that, the coffee, it didn't have whatever the Twin Peaks reference is on it. Okay. I want the Twin Peaks reference. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Maybe there was something to do with uh, the actual you know, having that in the game, but it it's good. I know that neither of you guys have played it. Um, Alex tried to play it for a little bit. I'm pretty that sure. That was Extra Life. Yeah. I actually want to... I actually... I ha- After playing Control, I kind of... I'm one of those people that wants to... Once I get kind of into one series, I kind of want to dig into it further. I don't usually, like, st- let one series be the one series. So now that I've played Control, I feel like alan wake is is a gimme for me to play that one well they can, oh man they yeah they've got a slider on their website where they got an image that you can move from the console original to the remastered this is meaningfully good yeah <laughs> i played it on the I'm, playstation 5 it it was gorgeous wow <laughs> i sincerely appreciate all of the hard work that went into it so uh on, on that like note alex it's more mm-hmm. akin to max Payne than it is to control in a lot of ways yeah but i love those old school remedy games like max Payne 2 was my jam for most of high school i probably played it a dozen times and just the the dark and gritty nature of it in this uh in this remastered version it came with the bonus episodes too so i finally got to dig into those and uh, the ending of Alan Wake is kind of left open for them to continue the story. And if you don't mm-hmm. get to play the, the, those bonus episodes, then it it kind of leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth. So I'm glad that it came with the bonus content. I got to play through the bonus content. It adds even more meaningful story to the overall game. You guys should definitely check it out. It's a low price of admission what's the price 30 bucks Ooh, that's not bad that yeah is a good price as a pri- as, as opposed to some of the remasters that come out where they try and gouge you with a full price uh like yeah you need to pay 60 bucks for this like no i'm i'm good this is out just about everywhere it's as far as i know it's out just about everywhere okay. um again first time it's ever been on playstation consoles yes this is also mm. true but let me tell you uh, with the the control, the PlayStation Five control, because it has the haptic feedback, mm-hmm. it is it has been remastered to allow some very particular like vibrations when you're trying to do stuff, and it, that felt awesome. Like every time I 
get a PlayStation 5 game. I don't know what to expect when it comes to the haptic feedback, but from everything that I've chosen, Returnal, Deathloop, this now, it it's great. So you should give it a look. I don't know if uh, you'll get it on PlayStation 5, but it's out there, guys. Alan Wake, is he's returned. Yeah, I think it was like two, like a week ago, we were about to start recording the podcast, and you were like, playing Alan Wake. I'm like, again? And you're like, it's on PlayStation now. I was like, oh, I forgot that this was even coming out. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know you, if you've... It's like you were talking about Man and Medan, the new one, and you were like, oh, man, I forgot that that was coming out either. Yeah, I don't know if you heard. I, I, I'm i an Xbox guy now. Um, <laughs> you know, PlayStation is so 2020. Sorry. Blase. Yeah, it's... It is... Uh, did you get Halo yet? Uh, I have all the Halos. Not the new one. The new one came out? No, there's no new Halo. What are you talking about? It doesn't That was exist. like the big selling point that Halo no, was coming out. It's coming no, out. No, no, that's 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 your mom's Halo. That's your mom's video game. That uh they're they're all about that Apex Legends now. That's Titanfall. Not Destiny 2. <laughs> What's Destiny 2? Exactly. It's basically Halo. <laughs> yeah. They just took all of the resources <laughs> from Destiny 2 and they're like, oh, we'll turn it into Halo now. <laughs> They've come full circle. That 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 is what drew me to Destiny at first, actually. Mm-hmm. Joel, we should play some Apex Legends. I thought you were going to say we need to play uh, Destiny. No. I'll play, but I know you guys don't want to, so. I do yeah, and do I don't. Play some Apex Legends? I'm not playing that. <laughs> I, I i love destiny i feel like it's passed me by too much like too much has changed where i feel like i need to catch up y- you know what'll make you pick it up and put it down pretty quick just do some crucible make <laughs> yeah, that's a big game put it down real just, i watched him one yourself. time play crucible and he just yelled at the tv for like 20 minutes and then turned it off he kept throwing <laughs> his controller he literally kept tossing his controller on the ground <laughs> yeah it's very funny. Okay, uh, that's Alan Wake Remastered. Now, uh, I played a game that came out in January called Skull the Hero Slayer. It is a 2D pixel art. Uh, think of um, Rogue Legacy. Mm-hmm. It looks a little like Rogue Legacy. What happened is there used to be a pa- pact between the humans and all the fantasy creatures when all of a sudden... And that includes demons, uh, you know, treants, you know, the tree people, fairies, witches, etc. And suddenly the humans broke the pact and just started slaughtering all of the fantasy people and taking them captured, captive. You are Skull, and your ability is that you can take skulls of people and put them on your head as a little skeleton. Basic uh, kind of combat where you swing your sword, uh, which is a bone, and you hit people. And you get a jump, sometimes a double jump. Basically, what it comes down to is that you will find and get different skulls that you can equip. You can get a tree skull that you put on, and all of a sudden now you're just like a beast tree. And you could punch and take hits pretty heavily. You don't get, you don't really fall. You just slam down, or you just do like you have a special attack where you just punch like seven times in a row across the screen. All of it's on cooldown, but it's. the idea is that you can always have only have two skulls ready to go. So if you get a third skull, it'll overwrite the current one you have. And you can swap between these two different skulls and they all have different abilities. I had a ninja skull that gave me like a triple jump. And then I could dash, which would like throw a smoke bomb and I would just appear instead of like dashing across the screen. I would actually teleport. Hmm. And then, of course, it does the... It is uh, a roguelike as you get upgrades throughout your run, but you always start back with your single skull that you have, which is just a base attack. Then you can get points throughout your run that can be used to upgrade. Say, now I'm going to do one, uh, 10% more physical damage, 10% more magical damage, 10% more health, and you buy the upgrades for your health, but then you go back out there starting with your base skull and see what happens. Man, what you playing this on? I'm playing this uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Okay. Interesting. The, the the thing that I like about it is that the upgrades and things you find along your run generally 
are like it, it kind of reminds me of dead cells that you will uh so i had one that gave me a an explosion that would throw me out i was a, i was a ninja skull so i had an ex- then i had an explosion that would throw me away from any enemies but it would make an explosion that would hurt them then my dash would make a random arrow shoot down from the sky and attack them so okay. i would i would teleport to the enemy which would drop an arrow use my explosion throw me back teleport again and it would hit them with an arrow and they would all die this all looks like very frenetic, fast action. Does the trailer I'm looking at sort of depict that right? It can be. Uh, the The trick about it is that there is some. There, there are points where they kind of they want to overwhelm you with enemies. So all of a sudden you will be on a flat, you know, two D plane, and you'll walk up and you're like, "This is weird. There's no enemies." And all of a sudden, like ten enemies on either side of you will just spawn and swamp you. Mm-hmm. And that's where you kind of have to be frenetic, but there is slowdown. Like oh, the like, game starts really kind of chugging at some points. Okay. Is, yeah. is that a switch thing? You think that sounds like a switch thing. It might be yeah. a switch thing, <laughs> but it's very it's, fun. And, and it, th- there is innate problems. Mm-hmm. And the innate problems are is that you played Hades and now you have boyfriend eyes for Hades. They're just so handsome. They're just so handsome. And these people aren't necessarily as handsome, but they're not as drawn as in much detail. So it's kind of whatever. Uh, I like Skull, and I like the characters. You meet different senators, like a wolf senator or uh, you know, a witch senator, and you, they help you out and give you upgrades and stuff like that. Uh, the problem I have is that the, the gems that you use to upgrade your health and damage and magic damage and all that stuff, it will be... 20 gems for one point to get 10% damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100 points for two, uh, 20% damage. 700 points for 30% damage. That's kind of crazy, but... It just... And each run, I'm getting roughly like... I want to say like 100? Which is, I guess, a good amount. It just, it just spikes so hard that it doesn't feel like a, a fun thing to do. It's just like, oh, I just, I guess I just got to grind and I guess I just got to really like kind of push through. But it, I, I, that was my experience is that I, I all of a sudden I was like, hey, I upgraded. Great. I, I, 10% isn't a lot, but I feel confident in that it'll, it'll do something. And the next run I was like, hey, I got 20%. Man, well, I can't wait till I get the, oh, hmm. okay. The next one's going to be a, a long one. So that's all. It just, it's, it's a, it's very like fun, fanatic. And like you said, fast-paced action i like the combinations i felt like if with meaningful progression i felt like chaos was kind of ensuing around me having like an explosion having a dash having a teleport having you know arrows my i had occasional fire shooting out of me that would do burn damage to enemies and of course that would work really well on tree enemies you know it just there's a lot of things to add and customize and adjust there's always these um towns of the fairy folk and you can buy uh, health upgrades, new skulls, these additional pieces of doing damage. You can add all of that on to make your character... Each run... Never never did I have a run that felt exactly the same. That's good. How that's, are the, that's what I like about it. How are the bosses? Now that, that's one thing I noticed, too, that the bosses look huge. They can be, yes. There, there are some giant uh, you know, ogre bosses. There are some... Uh, giant uh, creatures with like fists the size of like the screen that swing them across. That one was very fun because I just kind of just kept dashing, and the arrows that I had would just keep attacking the boss. Mm-hmm. Like so, I wouldn't even have to do anything except for just avoid. But overall, there it's it's a lot of fun, and pro- I'm gonna probably keep uh, plucking away at that. Do a run here and there. I think I beat Dead Cells over the course of like a year, so I'm probably gonna end up beating this in the, like the course of a year. So that is Skull the Hero Slayer. Uh, I do recommend it, though. I do feel like it can get to a grind. Uh, On top of that, I do want to just move into our special, special, special interview with Charles Martinet. He was at Wizard World, and I got to go in with NPR Villanois. 
and have an interview with him for roughly around five to seven minutes. So it was actually really short, but I did get to ask a lot of fun questions for me that felt, you know, I was always curious about with him. Um, uh, cards on the table. Uh, we were not really allowed to talk about the movie, but just talking about his experience traveling the world, being the voice of our generation with Mario. So uh, I'm just going to say, here we go. This is Alex Arona with Super GG Radio and NPR of Illinois, here with Charles Martinet. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Uh, have you been to Chicago a lot? I love Chicago. I started doing Chicago CES for Nintendo 30 years ago okay. in, uh, I guess it was the June... Uh, June uh, CES shows where we were doing a real-time Mario where I'd see people walk by and go, hello, I'm a Mario. How are you doing today? And people would start engaging in the conversation. It was a real-time animation system. And then lucky for me, five years after doing that, I got a phone call. Mr. Miyamoto would like you to play Mario in a game, to which I think I said, woohoo! <laughs> and that's been now 25 years more, so 30 years of absolute joy. You're, you're a delight. Thank you very much. It, you know, I feel like the luckiest person alive because I get to do what I love to do in life, which is play these characters. And Nintendo's been so generous over the years, giving me more and more and more to play with. And then, of course, coming out to a show like Chicago, this Comic-Con, the WizardCon, seeing fans who say the most beautiful things. You know, you're, you're the voice of my childhood, you know, and, and some very touching and very moving stories come out too, you know, somebody today. It's, it's, it's amazing. You really have so much more impact in the world than you think you do. You know, you have, you, everything you do touches people. It's just hard to see when you're rushing around in traffic and trying to get somewhere. But it's really true. And I, I'm the luckiest person because people acknowledge the work that I do. And, you know, everybody touches people, but people say these wonderful things to me. And that's what I wish for everybody, that you could find out how much you really are cherished and how much you're loved and enjoyed. That's actually what I was going to say, is that it feels like right now we're, like, my generation is the generation that grew up. I, you know, Mario came out in 1985. Yeah. That's when I was born. And ever since then, it's been my whole life being part of it. And now you being the, the voice of that generation... It's, it's so amazing to see the fact that like we're now sharing it with our kids and it's paying passed down. We're the first ones that grew up with that. Yeah, I, thank you. I played you. the Super Mario for Switch and we beat it. Me and my son Enzo, we beat the game together. And he's just, playing with him was an awesome experience. And he just loves Super Mario and all, all the all the, the Super Mario Nintendo games that we've been playing. And I've been showing him the original games. And yeah. yeah it's just, it's a journey. It, it really is a journey of fun and joy. And I think the integrity of the, the character and the the animation, the music is always fun. You always know that this character is full of love and joy and optimism. And that's the thread from the very first Mario game all the way until the most recent Mario game. It's always that, that thread of joy. And I think that goes from generation to generation. I do believe I am in like three or four generations after 30 years of doing the character. I, I hear so many times, you know, I used to play with my grandpa. Now I'm playing with my kids. You know, it's just really, it's very moving and very touching. What was your favorite Mario voice in a game to like to play? What was your favorite game that you did the voice acting of? Like that you just oh, you think was most fun? Boy. You know, I've done now over 130, I believe, Mario games. I have a Guinness Book of World's Record, and they've all been fun. They've all touched me very different ways. You know, doing Mario 64, the first time that voice was in the game, the first time there was a 3D game, and Super Mario Bros. Wii with two-dimension side-scrolling, fantastic fun and adventure. Uh, Super Mario 3D World, yeah. you know, absolute joy. And Galaxy and uh, Sunshine. Sunshine is what put me on the map of doing this. That beyond the, the Mario 64 was another leap forward. So every every game that I can remember, and now of course Odyssey is one of my favorite games of all times. Really? Yeah. So you, I played, love it. you played through them all then? Oh, I, not, not, I, I played them. <laughs> I, I'm always good enough to find out that the princess is not in this castle. <laughs> That's my skill set there. But I love them all. I mean, they're just so much fun. It's such a delight. Awesome. Um, how long do these voice sessions usually like take per game, you would say? 
every single session takes a different amount of time. It's very interesting because I've recorded sessions as little as two weeks before release and as much as four years before a game has come out. But at the same time, these sessions sometimes can be one four-hour session or eight hours or, or four, or five, four or five days in a row of, of, of sessions like that. And it's each one is different too because you never know if I'm going to see just the copy or maybe I'm going to see animation and put the voice to the, uh, the jump like, hop, hop, woohoo! I never know, but every game is so different. And and so much fun, too, you know. I, we just did a recently a Wario game. You know, Get it together. <laughs> totally fun. Totally a joy. And Luigi, everybody cheaping me. It's all fun, you know, for me. <laughs> all right. Now, there's a two-part question. What non-Mario not Mario but any other character you've done in Nintendo what has been your favorite character but then also what outside of the franchise what has been your favorite character oh gosh inside outside well you know I love Luigi I think uh, I think I am the second born son uh, and therefore I have to run faster and I had to be taller than my brother and jump higher uh, just to escape you know but <laughs> that was, that was uh, and I think somebody said recently everybody's Luigi and we all want to be Mario and I, that really touched my heart because you know and that character I love because he's more fearful and trepidatious and has to find his inner courage I think that's a, a beautiful story of, of life as well as the story of the, the one who has ultimate courage and he faces uh, you know anything with optimism and joy the, I, I'm much more, ah, you know, so that, that character I love. So you identify with Luigi most? I do. I absolutely love Luigi, but, but I, I, I aspire to be more Mario. Let's go, mamma mia, you know. And, of course, outside the franchise, which is now part of the franchise, I did, I, I did a, a whole bunch of voices in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, series there and Star Wars. I did many Star Wars, but really uh, I remember very well what brings you to the throat of the world? The Parthenax in Skyrim. That was a lot of fun. Because oh. it was so different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> different from Baby Mario, number one. Um, and then, um, let's see here. Do you have like a dream voice you could do? Like a dream, like just a pie in the sky. I would like to do that character, despite whether that character already has a voice. I already have that, and that's Mario. You know, and speaking yeah. of dreams, sometimes I dream as Mario. I, dream, I, I have flying dreams as Mario where I'm like, woohoo! Usually at night with stars everywhere over a lake. Quite fun. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fantastic. It's actually kind of crazy. Some people dream in different languages, and you, you kind of dream in Mario's voice. Yeah, my grandfather didn't speak a word of Norwegian, and yet he dreamed and spoke in his sleep in Norwegian. Yeah, wow. so there it is. It's the life is such a wonderful adventure, and it's what I wish for everybody: is have a wonderful time, love yourself, enjoy your life, be free to to do whatever it is that gives you joy and happiness. Because when you're happy, you bring that happiness to other people. That's an inspiring message. Thank you, thank you very much. It's what I absolutely believe. Uh, so I have two more questions for you. Sure. Um, one, where has Mark? What is the craziest or more exo most exotic place Mario has taken you? Oh my goodness! Well, I've seen, I've been in so many places in the world. I remember uh, once in Australia, we were uh, uh, I think it was in Melbourne, and five we had this we had to get to the airport. We had a, a line of people going around the block, and we were signing autographs and taking pictures with everybody. And two, I guess four kids came in saying. You know, I, what, what am I going to sign? They said, can you sign our foreheads? And, and so I signed their foreheads. I, well, I, I had a pen, they had foreheads, so I signed. Wow. Awesome. I've actually heard of, like, back in the day in your license, you could sign, like, donor, I'm a donor, and I need a witness, and I've had a friend who would use celebrities to sign as a witness. <laughs> there you go. What an adventure. Um, now, what would Mario's karaoke go to be? If he could do karaoke, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you are my sunshine. My only sunshine. Wow, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid answer. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for playing my games. You number one. Wahoo! And, and thank you so much for your time. You bet. And, and, and all of you've done. All you've done, your whole work has inspired our generation. Thank you very much. And, and, children. and thank you very much. And thank you for playing my games. Woohoo! Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Boy, that sure was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really lucky that I got to interview uh, someone of that caliber. I know that weekend I got to 
interview Lou Ferrigno. I'm a big comic book nerd. So being able to interview the Hulk, the original Hulk, was very cool. Also, if you've guys, you guys, have you guys seen I Love You, Man? Yes. No. It gets Jason Siegel. I asked him about getting Jason Siegel in a headlock. That was very funny. Um, I interviewed one of the the writers of the original X Factor comics, which was a big deal for me because I grew up reading those X Force, and uh, the voice, uh, the second voice of Kermit the Frog, which was great. That's the one I grew up with. So that was fun. The voice of Pinky from Pinky in the Brain. There was a lot of people there that I felt like I got to interact with and talk to and just spend time picking their brain. And it, it just blew my mind that like I was a kid growing up and I, all of you, I have somehow interacted with your media or content and fall in love with the world through them. And that was a very special experience. Have you seen Muppets Haunted Mansion yet? No, I have not. That's a, that's the third Kermit voice. I need to watch that. It, it Kermit went through puberty. That's, that's about what I'll say. About really? Voice. Uh, it, it's a very good movie though. Um, so highly recommend. All right. So that's going to be our interview with Charles Martinet. Um, also check out NPR Illinois for my interviews with Stephen Whitmire, Lou Ferrigno, Peter David, and Robert Paulson, all at wizard world, Chicago, the last wizard world, the last wizard world, RIP them in the magazine. Love that magazine. Now let's move on to, one last thing. One last thing giving us one last sentence, one last statement, sending us into the weekend, new listener, into the weekday. For me, I am packing away at Inscription, and man, that game is wild. Real wild. Uh, review coming up soon. It's Inscription is... It's something. It's something out there. that you know. If you've played Pony Island, you know that game is also out there, so... Uh, look forward to that. Joel? The Last Wizard World should be a video game. Mm. Or a movie. Maybe a movie. Probably a movie. I think either would work. Getty, one last thing? Uh, as I suspected, GameStop called me during our recording to let me know that I can come by and pick up House of Ashes anytime. So, Getty, is that going to be the one we finally play together? <laughs> Man, I'm hoping, but, you know, we'll all be in person for Extra Life this year, and we will fire up House of Ashes and terrify ourselves significantly. We're going to do the party night, and everybody Mm -hmm. will get a chance to wreck our playthrough. Sick. Fantastic. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where we will be having some streams. Alec is back to streaming Final Fantasies on Sunday. I will be back this week on Monday, trying to fin- out, finish out that No Straight Roads. 2D Tuesdays is now Kingdom Hearts Tuesday for Joel, for the time being, of course. Thursday is podcast night. Back to Kingdom Hearts on Saturday. Also, check out our Extra Life as we are making progress through our goals of raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. Our team is working hard, harassing our friends and family, pushing those numbers to try to raise that <sighs> cash. Let's see, Getty, where we're at so far. I'm pulling it up now. I will also you know. pull it up because I just got an email that I got a donation while we were recording, so... We are up to $987, folks. $987. We are so close to 1000 Our overall goal, 2500 and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> so come help us join up. You can be part of our team. You can help us raise money. You can give to the Children's Miracle Network. You can give to charity all on behalf of us. We don't take anything. We are doing this for the kids also the schedule should be up relatively soon if you'd like to reach us with questions or input our email address is mail at superggradio.com and provide a review on itunes or the chalkboard butt art of your choice nice thanks for listening gg joel good game gg getty gg gg river
<laughs> Shout out to Charles Martinet. Good night, everybody. <laughs>